This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC certified master technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. I'm glad you are back. I am glad to be back. I am glad to have you back. And for those of you who don't know, Coach Charlie takes a trip to Israel all the time. And so I'm just glad you're able to come back and tell us about it. Well, I had a great time, you know, uh, just saw a lot of different things. If you're into the Holy Land and Christ, you get to see all kinds of things. You get to see it. So you told me something, and this goes hand in hand. Of course, Next Stop Mississippi, I host Friday mornings at 10 a.m. And um, next month, we'll be actually traveling to the 25th annual Elvis Tupelo Festival. And here's the thing. So Elvis will be going there, and you actually literally on the other side of the planet 5,000 miles away I get to see Elvis stopped at a uh, gas station in Jerusalem yeah it was nothing but Elvis Elvis music Elvis mugs Elvis wine Elvis everything was Elvis and this wasn't nowhere near Tennessee nor Mississippi 5,000 miles away so it's like an Elvis shrine or a gas station or believe it or not, this guy, it's how the story was. The guy knew Elvis when he was in the United States. Okay. And so when he went back to Israel, he made a gas station and dedicated it, dedicated it to Elvis. He knew him personally. Knew him personally. That is so cool. <laughs> so I thought that was great. I go, well, everything Elvis, you know, I was telling you earlier that you got a cup of coffee. Right. Instead of a paper to-go cup. Right. They gave you a mug with Elvis. On it. On it. To go. <laughs> <laughs> and here's how ironic it is. Liz Gill, former producer for AutoCorrect, has literally, she hears Coach talking about this Elvis um, gas station, um, and then she has pictures of it herself. She pulls out a picture with her taking a pose with Elvis the statue. So everybody's running to Elvis. (laughs) Wherever you go, Elvis is there. (laughs) Everybody runs into Elvis in Israel. That's That's right. Wherever you go, Elvis is there. That's right. He's alive. (laughs) That's a shirt, right, Jay? That's what Jay says all the time. You know what? Wherever you go. Elvis is there. That should be a shirt. That should Uh, be a shirt. I could even give you a better one than that. I was in uh, <laughs> Jerusalem, and I was walking down the where Jesus walked, and I looked in a store, and there was an Ole Miss shirt hanging up in the store. And we have gone too far. <laughs> we, meaning the state, has gone all the way, 5,000 miles I, away. I, I, like humanity, I think. <laughs> oh. And that's not an Ole Miss thing. That's just a, I don't know. 
Well, you know, the like thing I, is, I did, I did sports radio in Mississippi for 20 years. And so I like, you know, well, you know, my I did. business was dealing with Ole Miss State vitriol for 20 years. So that being where Jesus walked is kind of like, all right. Hey, I all did, right. I did buy the shirt. Well, <laughs> you had to. You know what? That was just demand meeting supply. That's all that was. <laughs> that was it. That's all that was. That's so cool. Did you get an Elvis keychain? No, I didn't get Elvis Keychain. Okay. I can get that back home. Okay. <laughs> that is in droves. Right. At the airport. Right. That's right. Well, we're glad to have you back, Coach. It's great to have you back. And today, we're talking about first car stories. So that's a total switch up from the Israel trip with Elvis there. But that's what we're going to be discussing today. First, first car, car. Everybody's, I actually have four first car. I mean, you could say... <laughs> I could have four first car stories, but if you'd like to get into this topic, our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. So do you remember your first car? Maybe it was a hoopty that you love nonetheless. Well, of course, we want to hear your story, so make sure you give us a call. But here it goes, coach. I don't have a definition, but I've got the first car story. The first car story. Give us the first car story. Okay. It's like humanity's first car. <laughs> yes. Hey, I thought it was the Flintstones. <laughs> right. Right. That, could, mean, that was the first car for real. Technically motorized, though. <laughs> About that, Fred's two feet. Hey, that was called foot power. Right? Yes. That was literally One the caveman. first car. <laughs> that, was the, that was the power in that motor. One caveman. One caveman. Well, know, Barney helped, too, right? When they really had to get going. Yeah. So, like, one and a half caveman. The whole family would. Everybody's yeah, feet Four, That's true. Four That's passenger. True. Hey, you had it going there. Yeah. <laughs> you four, get up to speed. <laughs> four people power, not four horsepower. Four right. people power. <laughs> okay, so here it is. The first stationary gasoline engine developed by Carl Benz was a one-cylinder two-stroke unit, which ran for the first time on New Year's Eve, 1879. Benz had so much commercial success with that engine that he was able to devote more time to his dream of creating a lightweight car powered by a gasoline engine in which the chassis and engine formed a single unit. And then on January 29th, 1886, Benz applied for a patent for his vehicle powered by a gas engine. The patent number 37435 may be regarded as the birth certificate of the automobile. And in July of 1886, the newspapers reported on the first public outing of the three-wheel Benz patent motor car model number one. Well, you know, everybody thought it was Henry Ford that created the, uh, who invented the car? No. Uh, Henry, uh, matter of fact, Henry Ford, when he opened his um, manufacturing line in Detroit, what he was trying to do at that time, he was probably producing like 10 or 15 cars a day. Mm-hmm. And he took Chinese and Japanese technology. And really what made Ford work was the assembly line. Yeah. Mm. So that is really how those cars started. And if you think about first cars, Ford, Buick, Packard, uh, Dodge, all of these cars were manufactured in Detroit. Yeah. And they all sprung off mostly from Ford. Wow. And that's how they uh, came General Motors and, and uh, everybody else. and Dodge because you had the Dodge Brothers. Matter of fact, I give you a good story. Dodge Brothers didn't even know they were brothers when, mm. when they were manufacturing cars. They had a Mason symbol on the front. 
you know, where they have the ram and all now, they mm-hmm. had a mason symbol on the front, <laughs> and they had to take that off because they said, well, maybe we're not selling as many cards because we have that symbol. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they were different, trying different things in order to sell those cars. Yeah, maybe not a mark of exclusivity when you're trying to market your retail product to the general public. <laughs> so That's you get cool. to start a change. And like I say, I went through, matter of fact, when they were manufacturing the first cars up in uh, Detroit, I went through a lot of those plants up there when we were in school for mm-hmm. AAA Ford and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I took my students through all of them. You know it all. Did you coach. see any of the uh, abandoned ones or the... You know, that I didn't. Home place. I didn't see no abandoned ones. They took those to the museums because I sure wished I would have had some of them because yeah. they were nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coach, what about your first car? What was that? Well, you think about first cars for me. It's according to how many siblings you had in the family. Oh, that was the hand me down. <laughs> so you talk about ah, yep. the hand me down. Which car are you going to get? Well, in my uh, <clears throat> in my family, we sold produce, and so everybody had a truck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was a and we were called peddlers. Okay, and what they do is they pedal produce all over the Dallas area and okay. Fort area. Okay, and so when I was 16, I remember that it was the 1976 Toyota truck. Now it had a topper on it, a camper like a shell on it. Ooh, and, that was fancy. And I remember uh, <laughs> getting this thing; it was all beat wow. up, you know. And like four or five of the brothers already had this vehicle, uh-huh. and it was a rag. Yep, <laughs> it was a rag. So, Coach, in line of the siblings, were you the youngest? I am the middle sibling. Okay. Of okay. all of them. I got four ahead of me. And four, four behind. Me. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So four of them already wore it out. <laughs> and then I oh, get So it. you're the diplomat. That's what you are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's so good at cars <laughs> so, to this day. <laughs> and the four below me didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's why he so, he's the car guru. Hey, you had to That's keep how he's a problem solver. You get the four four older and four younger. That's right. right. That makes Gotta know so how to much communicate sense. with everybody. That's right. That makes so much sense. Jay, what was your first so car? A '76 Toyota pickup was your. Oh, I you thought know, you were about to say yours. And I wished too. I had that '76 pickup now because absolutely, I saw one right down the road. It was a Toyota SR5. That's like mine. Mm-hmm. Eight. $18,000. Right, right, right. Well, see, my first car is a 1985 Toyota SR5 pickup. Oh, yeah. I wish I still had. Four-wheel drive. Look at y'all. Uh, it was an automatic, uh, like one of the three of those that were made. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember how many miles it had on it now, but, I mean, it was given to me as a fresh 15-year-old. Yeah. Oh, you, you were and so I, proud. And I drove that thing off of everything. So, That's right. And, and, I mean, I just remember one time I let a buddy of mine drive it, and uh, he took a he took the Pearl exit. Now, this is a long, long time ago, and the Pearl exit didn't have a merge lane, and he thought it did. So he was, you know, scooting down the merge lane that wasn't and ran right into the back of a, mm. like a, a, a city truck. Oh, my goodness. With, like, one of these, like, you know, welded iron bumpers, bumpers on, it, on yes. the back. So it just weren't folded in the front of my truck. So we were all panicked because, again, I was like 16. And we were at this gas station over there. And the guys who drove the truck were like, oh, look, these trucks, don't worry about it. And they just burp, 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 pulled it out. And it just burp, kept bent, on going. Just yeah. bent the front yeah. frame of the truck, yeah. the grill area, right. actually. Just bent it, pulled it back out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you think about it, in 85, they didn't have the... 
rubber bumpers on the front of them or yeah. the plastic bumpers. They had chrome bumpers on them, yeah. and you could pull them out. You didn't damage the radiator because you had something to yeah. keep it from going in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened with mm-hmm. that, though, is that when you pull it back out, you can see, you, you think it looks aligned, but then when you're on the interstate driving back home, it's not aligned. And some air gets underneath the front of that hood and whoop, whoop, yep. flops up in front of your face while you're driving on the interstate. No. And the person behind you honks <laughs> like, hey, your hood's up. Thanks and I'm like, I, for letting that's all know. I can see. Right. I, I, I can see the hood. Like, let, me get off, let me get off the interstate. <laughs> Hang on. The person was instantly like they were on top of it. They're like, hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, let me figure out how to drive with a hood in my face. Hold on. Well, maybe they just all of that literally happened in one afternoon. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't think you saw the hood. Up. Maybe not. <laughs> they hung like, hey, I, I don't know if you saw this, I but your hood is you can see that malfunctioning thing. currently. That's cool. Yeah. Mine was a 1993 Plymouth Duster with the uh, the racing the pink race flag on okay. the side, two door coupe. Um, my first car, and I, I didn't choose it. Uh, we were <laughs> driving by the gas station. No, no, the grocery store. Daddy saw it. It had a nice price. It was like $2,000. He looked inside. It was a manual shift. And he looked at me and he said, I'm buying it. And if you don't learn how to drive it, it'll sit in the driveway. And that was my first car. There you go. <laughs> I can tell you, going on that, you know, I had standards on, you know, I got my daughter, she was 16 years old, and she needed to learn how to drive. Yeah. Well, I didn't want her to drive a automatic because I wasn't going to get her automatic. I had a standard, a standard to get it. Yeah. Well, she gets out there and she's driving, she's trying to drive this vehicle, and we're at Highway 80 and Airport Road, mm-hmm. and there's an 18-wheeler driving right beside us and she swerves off the road and almost hits the 18 wheeler no. and after that i didn't teach her how to drive no more All i right, had so to get somebody else to teach her you got out of the car, of the car. so that that's like I, and i was going to make a reference to this too about when i learned how to drive it was in a nissan 200 sx which was my older sister's car she's six years older than me and i one of the places that i learned how to drive was on the street called forest hill road which is in south jackson Traffic wise, because it was it, it, it was a it was a huge uh, road in the area, but just a two lane street. So think like mm, I don't know. Back in those days, think like uh, Goodman Road or like Hardy Street traffic okay. or something like okay. that. Except a two lane road. Yeah. And fifteen year old kid is like driving this black sports car in the front of the line about twenty miles an hour, and there's like forty cars lined up behind me, like honking, two line, double line the whole way. Nobody, nobody can pass, yeah. and I'm just petrified oh. with all these cars behind me. Like, they're, they're, they hate me, <laughs> and my sister's like, "So what?" And I'm like, "She's got you. Got to worry about what they're thinking about. You got to drive the car." And I was yeah. like, "Okay." Oh. <laughs> what? You know, I was, Should I let them pass? No. See, there's, see, there's two lines. None of them are dotted, so they can't pass. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's how I learned. Yeah. I was thinking about in uh, Bethlehem when I was over there, and they're driving from Bethlehem to Israel. It's two different types of driving. In Bethlehem, they have no, uh, they have no red lights. They have no stop signs. They drive on the sidewalks. The roads are very, very narrow. Two cars are trying to pass. It doesn't matter if they're an inch apart. They're going to drive anywhere mm. they want to drive. So I'd hate to have to learn how to drive over there. Absolutely. Mm-mm. Absolutely. I, I, I had an emergency ride to the hospital in Costa Rica. 
And um, like we just we went through some service roads and people's yards and it didn't some matter. chickens needed to move real quick. And, and I was like, I, like I know these people's backyard personally, and I'm a coast. This is the greatest time of my life. They like I'll, go. I like I wish I had like Google. <laughs> you could do Google timeline now, show you where you've been. Like I wish I had that <laughs> back right, then because like right. I'll never know where that place was again. Right, right. Well, Coach, I wish my father would have took your approach, like the hands off. I'm getting out of the car approach <laughs> because during my time learning how to drive, because I wasn't pushing on the gas hard enough for him, he just takes his hand and throws my knee down. And makes me push on the gas. So, I mean, tough love. I don't know what you'd call it, but I would have minded him saying, I'm getting out of the car. I don't know if I was more petrified or my daughter was more petrified. At that moment. Right. You're listening to Autocorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more Autocorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Coach, we are we are kind of tickled about this next caller, but I don't mind going ahead and taking it before we take our recalls. That's right. Um, we have got Anonymous on the line. He wants to talk about his first car, but will remain anonymous because this could be a security issue. Anonymous, you're on with Coach Charlie. <laughs> it's a girl, but... That's okay. Okay. Anonymous. I see you now, she. Anonymous. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was a, uh, uh, I was a, uh, my dad was a car dealer, and so, so back in the day, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to get a car when, when I first started. But, but uh, he he did not want to give me a, a brand new car, so he gave me a Euro Chevette, and that <laughs> thing would not would not go over 60 miles per hour because <laughs> he was afraid that I would, uh, that I would have a wreck or something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, you, you, there was no way you could pass anybody. <laughs> so that was um, on purpose. That was on purpose. Now anonymous, you know that, right? I, well, you, let me tell you, <laughs> I did have one of those little white Chevettes myself. I did. <laughs> did it not go faster it than It did 60? not go very fast. And Chevettes were really a ragged out car. Mm-hmm. And the rear end would fall out of them. They were rags. Oh. Well, well I it was funny because, I mean, I, I drove other cars that were much nicer than that. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He did not believe in my driving too fast. <laughs> hey, he he was looking out for your safety. Definitely. Right. <laughs> I like that one. Well, I love that story. Anonymous, thank you so much for giving us a call and letting us know about that Chevette. <laughs> Little Chevy. Thank you so much. Well, that was pretty cool. I like that. Let's get into some recalls. We do have another caller on the line that we're going to get to in just a minute. But here's some recalls for you. Um, nearly one million. That's a lot of them. GM SUVs have been recalled for exploding airbags. This is not, you know, a new story. A lot of exploding airbags happen. But effective vehicles include model year 2014 to 2017 Buick Enclave, Chevrolet Traverse, and GMC Acadia SUVs. And due to that manufacturing defect, the driver's side 
inside airbag inflator um, may rupture upon deployment and cause metal fragments to enter the cabin. To resolve the issue, dealers will replace the driver's airbag module for free. They will begin notifying owners on June 26, but those with further questions can call the dealership. 98,000, this one hits home for me, 98,000 Mini Cooper hardtops Clubmans have been recalled for fire risk. I used to drive one, and these are older Mini Coopers. This is not some of the new stuff. So effective vehicles include model year 2007 to 2013 hardtop two-door Cooper, Cooper S, and John Cooper Works hatchbacks, and model year 2008 to 2014 Clubman Cooper, Cooper S, and John Cooper Works wagons ever sold or registered in these following states. Alaska, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Wisconsin. Listen, if you if you got one from a dealership like I did, then it could have been from one of those states. But in many's view, such regions are prone to water and road salt, and this can affect the the electronic control module in the driver's side footwell area to the point that it could short circuit due to corrosion and such a short circuit can increase the risk of a fire. Mini is currently working on a fix issue. The mini manufacturer BMW will begin notifying owners July 3rd, but those with further questions can call BMW. There are a few more. Um, look back in anger. They're saying Ford Lincoln SUV recalls for faulty rear cameras expands to 422,000. 132,000 Jeep Cherokees have been recalled over power lit liftgate fire risk. Um, 2020 to 2023 Chevrolet Equinox GMC Terrain recalled for child seat anchors. 90,000 Mitsubishi Outlanders Outlander plug-in hybrid SUVs have been recalled over backup cameras. And um, no U-turns without U-joints. 89,000 plus Jeep Grand Cherokee Grand Cherokee L SUVs have been recalled for steering cars issues. If you'd like to know more about those, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website and inputting your VIN. That's nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about first car stories. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. The phone number, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. We're going to go to the line. We've got Craig in Biloxi, Coach. He's got two things. Advice on teaching someone how to drive. Don't ask me that question. And then a question about electric vehicles having four-wheel drive. Craig, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, I've taught a few people how to drive, and and the best advice I can give is... uh, Get them to stop on command. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure you only have one brake pedal, not a clutch and a brake pedal. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. Yes. I had I had one girl go that I was teaching on the on the roads, and she went up the off ramp to an interstate, oh. and she was halfway up that thing and would not stop before I got the key turned off and and. <laughs> Mm-mm. I had to get out. I had I had to get out and get in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you know, that's where that driver's ed has that uh, brake on there, driver, on the passenger side as well. He can stop that vehicle. So, oh, he does? Yeah, they have a brake. Oh, uh, okay. They have a, a, a foot brake on the, their side as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, learned, I learned in the dirt, and it has, and so I could do side slides and donuts and all kind of things, and it has saved me on the streets. Uh several times but because you end up in a skid and you know and you you intuitively turn super fast and you turn into the skid so so i i i would advise going out there and doing some mud well you know what i learned and learn how well, to with, skid. All the, with all the technology now the cars can't skid because they have all the sensors to keep it from sliding mm-hmm. out they've been acting up not mm-hmm. letting us just uh, skid out they don't always have fun boring <laughs> They, they need to switch to shut that off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and and into the four-wheel drive, I mean, I remember having a 91 uh, 350, and it had uh, locking hub mechanisms that you could change real easy. That's right. And I was wondering if... And I was wondering if the new cars have things like that, or, or, and if the all-wheel all-wheel drive vehicles are good for mudding. I mean, I'm I'm sure all these high school kids they all want to go mudding, and, and and if electric vehicles are going to have mudding, like the like like the new electric pickups. Well, if you think about the all-wheel drive, and the reason they're all-wheel drive is because those wheels are pushing and pulling all the time. Uh, in most of the time, if you see that, all-wheel drive vehicles are really on smaller cars and con- uh, little sporty cars. Uh, you don't really see all-wheel drives on pickup trucks mostly You just because those will be yeah. really four-wheel drive that you can engage and disengage because mm-hmm. you'll have two-wheel high, I mean, two, yeah, two-wheel high, then four-wheel high, and two-wheel low. Okay, so they're still using those. But if you think about the electric vehicles, in order to have four-wheel drive on the electric vehicles as well, that means they're going to have to put a motor back in the back, mm. okay, with uh, axles coming out to the wheels, and they'll have another uh, – motor back in the back to make it four-wheel drive mm-hmm. and you know i don't i've not really researched a lot about how versatile they are in mud because if you think about it all of the four-wheel drives we have right now that are gasoline they have a transfer case on there and it is has the electric motor on the back you know they did away with the vacuum and all they and the engagement is all electric so if they can keep those motors from getting wet on the inside and i'm sure they have designed those so I reckon they'd be about the same, you know, because once again, it's the torque and trying to go over those rocks and everything to make it nice, you know. So once you start getting in there, that's how those are going to work, and I think they'll be good for mudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I know. Uh, two-wheel drive is more efficient uh, than four-wheel because you're not carrying the weight and you're not turning all those uh, extra components. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, okay, I think they'll all. come with it. All right. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your call. That was great. That was great. Teaching someone how to drive. They need to learn how to stop. And teaching the driver, the one that's teaching, is just know how to open the door and get out. Right, right. <laughs> We're going to quickly go to Les in DeSoto County. He's got a first car story. Les, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, good morning, Miss. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, my first car was a 1956 Morris Minor. Uh, so that should... Uh, make your eyes wide open, followed by a 1964 Triumph Herald convertible. And I doubt if many Americans have seen either of those vehicles. 
Well, I've seen some Triumphs convertibles. I've seen those before. Really, Coach? Yes. You know, when I went over to, um, we went over to northern part of Europe. Mm-hmm. You can see them over there. Matter of fact, I went in a museum that was, it was in Cowplane, uh, England. Okay. Okay. So and you got to see them there. Yes. That's so nice, Les. Look at you with the convertibles. I bet you that was, was a, nice. It was a Triumph, Triumph Herald. It was a four-seater, two-door. Um, but it, getting the hope, getting the roof up and down was quite a project. Uh, but yeah. um, the, the Morris was, I loved that car. I was 16, and it, it was freedom to me. And uh, hmm. But you don't see many Morris miners around. Uh, That's true. Out. I'm going to have um, to Google it. it. That's true. It was a good little car, shaped like a poached egg, and it did 55 mile per hour flat out down over the following wind. Um, and you did the same uphill into a headwind. You got <laughs> so it didn't matter which way um, you were going. That's absolutely right, yeah. But uh, I love that car, but that was my first vehicle, and uh, thanks for listening. Les, thank you. thank you for the story. That's some good stuff. By That's the way, good Les, stuff. congratulations on your uh, Knott's County Football Club winning promotion back into the football league. <laughs> Absolutely. I watched the game. I nearly had three heart attacks. I bet um, you did. But, uh, yeah, it's, we're getting back where we belong. And uh, uh, I've been a fan of Notts County since I was about four years old, which is more years than you would like to consider. But, um, no, I, I'm really pleased about it. I went out and uh, um, inhaled some alcohol that night. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like less. The celebration was on. <laughs> The celebration stopped. I think it was yesterday morning when I had to go back to work. Oh, but, I, um, but, <laughs> I but, like but, this. You know, I was talking about, uh, you were talking about the recalls. You know, Takata with the airbags, all these different ones. Don't you think by now that the manufacturers should say, hey, I need to go to another manufacturer for these airbags? Right. You if they're think. constantly doing the same thing over and over and over. You would think. You would think, Coach. You know, because I was just thinking of that. You know, you got millions of cars out there, and they all have these Takata airbags. Mm-hmm. But yet, they're just all every failing. time all they're failing. They're all failing. And you know, there's more than one Or exploding. Not yeah. really failing. They're exploding. Well, they're just throwing metal at you. Know, yeah. So. <laughs> Let's shrapnel for everybody. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> shrapnel it. for all. In the news, but before we get in there... All this news has to do with is about the 10 cheapest pickup trucks you can buy right now. And Coach just told me there is not a pickup truck he saw in Europe. <laughs> Went to Europe and uh, the same thing in England, but in Turkey and Patmos and all these different places, we saw one pickup truck. One. Out of all those cars, and I'm talking about they had millions of cars driving around, one pickup truck, they do not have them. How do you get your mattress or your washing machine or your refrigerator home? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know how they do it, but all of these houses and all were like four and five storied houses as right. apartment buildings, and I don't know how they do it. Right, right, right. <laughs> there it is. All little cars. Everybody has a little car. Well, this is saying if there's a vehicle that draws an eclectic crowd, this is a small eclectic then, it's the pickup trucks. Of course, some shoppers need to tow large trailers or haul work supplies, while others just like the convenience of a cargo bed for the occasional home improvement project or weekend camping trip. And the increasing popularity of pickup trucks here in America, of course, as daily drivers is likely a contributing factor to the the rising cost of new vehicles, but not all pickup trucks have to break the bank. I'll have a link to this story, but here's the list of the 10 cheapest new pickup trucks. 
we're don't hold us to this. This is not our opinion. <laughs> Number one, which is the cheapest, is the 2023 Ford Maverick XL coming in at twenty four one ninety. That's with nothing on it. Yeah, it's got to be. You may get a radio. That's it. The okay. Maverick. Yeah, Ford they Maverick. Coach, they wanted to recycle that one. That is a very small pickup truck, and it's all made of plastic. Of all the brands they could have, like, microwaved the Maverick. That's it. That was, the original Maverick was not an impressive vehicle. It was not. This one don't look, they got a little picture, don't look too bad. No, the original Maverick was, it was like a hatchback, wasn't it, Coach? It, was it wasn't even like yeah, a truck. No, no, it was a car. Yeah, it was like a Pinto on steroids. That's kinda. it. Oh, okay, okay. I thought all those were cute. I love little little Pintos. It was meant to be more cute than yeah anything. Yeah. <laughs> See, when you talk about cute. when you talk about the Pinto, it always brings me back to the Vega. <laughs> you know? The Vega. <laughs> <laughs> and you know about the Vega? You know, uh, the Vega was such a it was a drive-in bomb because if you got hit in the rear end, the vehicle blew up. You know, uh, it was a terrible. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, goodness gracious. Okay, here comes number two. The 2023 Hyundai Santa Cruz SE coming in at 2735. Then you've got number three, 2023 Ford Ranger XL 28. Number four, Toyota Tacoma 2023 SR 29. And then you, when you get out to 20s for me, I, I don't know about cheap. Um, but I guess it's cheap in, in pickup truck standards. So number five is the 2023 Chevrolet Colorado WT at thirty six ninety five. The 2023 Nissan Frontier comes in at number six at $30,705. Um, then you've got the 2023 Ram 1500 Classic Tradesman. The 2023 Ford F-150 XL, that's coming in at about $36,340. Um, the 2023 Chevrolet Silverado. And the 2023 GMC Canyon Elevation. That's at the top of the list at about $38,395. So if you're going to go look for one of those and they're advertised at that price, you need to try to make them stick to it because you're not going to find one at that price. Really? They start putting things on them. They'll start adding things. Oh, and yeah. You Once will, you get the bells and whistles, then you're over 40. You're over 40. Ooh, ooh, wee. I was going to say that wee. 24 comes with an AC, right? <laughs> it does come with an AC, <laughs> but that's so. about it. That's I'm standard. So. Okay. That's standard. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't get very much in the back. You may get a uh, wheelbarrow in the back, and that's about it. Right, right. Yeah. Coach, tell me something, and this has nothing to do with pickup trucks, but y'all, I'll have a link to that story in our in our podcast show description. You know, my car is a Mazda um X3 and it has an all-wheel drive and I get a tow hitch. Why is everybody telling me I can't tow anything with it though, coach? I want to tow something, coach. Well, <laughs> you got to take the thing is when you start thinking about towing something, these smaller cars are to tow smaller trailers. I'm talking real small. Okay. Because the weight limit, uh, you got that tongue weight right there in the mm-hmm, very back mm-hmm. and if you're trying to tow something that's heavier than the vehicle, well, now the whole front of the vehicle comes up okay. and you can't drive. So I can maybe tow like a ref- one refrigerator. Maybe, according to what kind of trailer you can get to tow. Okay. It's got to be those little tiny, tiny ones you're talking right. about. Right. What you need to do is, it says in your owner's manual, once again, the towing capacity of that vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you need to go buy whatever that towing capacity is. And you can't go over. Right. Whether it be with the trailer and the item that right. you're towing as well. Yeah, because what happens when you start towing, if you ever towed a trailer or something behind mm-hmm. you, that tra- that trailer starts trying to move and everything. Yeah. So you really need to know how what you're towing. Okay. 
Okay. Well, uh, somebody told me, coach told me I could possibly. So everybody who told me I can't, well, well. Just go by the <laughs> just go by the weight, look at the weight limit in the uh, owner's manual and go from there. Right, right. Thanks, coach. We're discussing first car stories. We're discussing just about everything today. It's great. And we're taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You may not first think of Hyundai when it comes to luxurious three-row crossovers, but maybe you should. The vehicle we have this week is the 2023 Hyundai Palisade Calligraphy. Calligraphy is a top-grade luxury model of the three-row Palisade, and it really has that look on the outside. Nice big grille, satin finishes. I like the hidden headlamps are kind of down below. You know, in the grille where it looks like you should have headlamps, it's actually not. It's just design flourishes, but I think it's really handsome, and I really like the chrome window line on the side of it, too. Inside, contrasting colors, this light gray, beautiful wood grain, aluminum finishes, contrasting color seats that are light. I just think it looks beautiful. You've got heated and ventilated seats in all three rows, Harman Kardon audio system, and a dual-pane sunroof. like it a lot. Underneath the skin, a 3.8-liter V6, delivering 291 horsepower. Still pretty decent gas mileage at 19 miles per gallon the city, 25 on the highway. So you might start asking, what is this going to cost you? Well, it's actually not as much as you think. Base price for the Palisades, $35,550. This one all in, $52,310. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Ribbity Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, we were thinking, we've been talking about first cars and talking about how to teach somebody how to drive the best way to teach somebody to drive is be patient yeah have patience because you were in the same place at one time or another right so have patience don't get out of the car because you're going to frustrate them because i know i frustrated my daughter and all Mm -hmm. and my kids and my son have patience with them and they'll learn how to drive. Do not take their knee and push their foot <laughs> down on the accelerator. God bless my daddy's soul. Just, he, he was that guy. <laughs> he really was. He really was that guy. That's so cool, though, Coach. Let me, I, I got a second first car story, but this has nothing to do with really being a first car. I already knew how to drive. I was just always a ter- terrible driver. Um, but I had my convertible Mustang. And I love that car. Um, that was my first car after I graduated high school. My dad bought that for me um, out of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And it was his choice. I had a choice of color, and I got the silver color. Um, and I used to take that bad boy. Don't tell nobody. I don't, I, I don't think you can get a, a posthumous ticket. Um, but I used to take it on Hollybush Road in Peelhatchie. And it's such a straightaway that I could I could top it out. I could see that hand stop moving at about 115. <laughs> And I would have the top down and I'd stick my hand out the top and make my hand fly back. But I loved it so much. And then I got into this little um, wreck. It wasn't little. Well, I was coming home listening to gospel music. And I used to always scare these cats. I stayed in this one bedroom trailer with my ex and we had this gravel driveway made out of rocks. And um, I was coming in and I usually would rev up a little bit just to scare the cats off the porch. And then I'd push on my brake, you know, and get out the car. 
Well, this day, it was not like that. I revved up, pushed, hit the brakes by the time, you know, regular place that I usually hit the brakes at inside of the driveway. Cats scattered, right? The Mustang did not stop rolling this time. It just kept on sliding through. Oh, my gosh, Coach. And this is my first time, well, second time really staying in a trailer. And I don't know, you know, how these things are made. So the car, I mean, it's not going, it's no further than maybe five miles an hour. And it bumps the trailer. And it's a one-bedroom trailer, so it's small. The whole trailer comes off the blocks, Coach, on one one side. I freak out. I get out. I'm holding the the carport post, and I'm acting like I'm going to pull the whole trailer back up. Out of that one, I mean, and to the day I had put that car down, it still had the trailer was painted green on the bottom skirt of it. It still had the green on the front of the silver Mustang. But yeah, that's what I did with my first Mustang. I ran it dead off into a one bedroom trailer. Did you stop scaring the cats? Those ca- I didn't care about them cats after that. <laughs> I had to get that trailer pumped back up on its blocks. And <laughs> Everything. Well, that little episode cost quite a bit. To, it did. It did. You know, I can give you a good story real quick. Uh, you know, that little banger I had, that 76 Toyota, not too far from my house. I'm, I was raised in Dallas, and there is a steep, steep hill. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a steep hill, and it had a curve right at the bottom. So I'm coming down this hill. It's icy. Yeah. And I'm scared yeah. because I know that I'm going to crash into those trees at the very bottom before I make that curve yeah. because it's just like a roundabout. Oof. Right. Well, I come down that hill and I did crash into the tree at the bottom because when I started turning, it just started sliding. Yeah. And you couldn't stop couldn't it. Couldn't stop that whole back end of that truck just ran right in those trees. And so you got to be very careful. And were you okay after that? I was okay, but shook up pretty good. Yeah. I did the same thing. Jefferson Street, though, in Jackson during the ice storm. And we were coming down Jefferson, heading towards fortification. Mm-hmm. Man cuts, I mean, full of Jefferson. I did not know that there's, I guess, basically no warm dirt underneath there. So it's fully icy on that hill. Man cuts, he he gets into a rut where he's just wild and I'm behind him. <laughs> and because he cut that ice, I'm cutting it with him. I'm going the same pathway. He runs into the light post. I run into him. It was like an icy mess. You step out. People were sliding like it was an ice skating rink out there. It was bad. I had the same... <laughs> You know, we think about that all up north, but yet you get that same driving here in Mississippi as well. Right, right. That gets so, bad out there like that. It gets bad out there. So I always think it's good to get your first uh, child as they're driving, get them a banger. And that means get them a car that they can have accidents, that right. you don't really care if it gets banged up. Because if you go out and get them a new car... And they're out there driving, they're young, they're not really experienced, and they have an accident, then you're going to be upset. But if you give them something that is old, that already has a few dings in it, mm-hmm. hey, it may not be the car they want, but yeah. it's something that's going to keep them safe, and you're not going to panic when it uh, has an accident. Right. Jay, are you hearing that? Make sure you get your babies a, a, a banger before... You get them the the real thing. Yeah, I got to buy a whole lot, though. (laughs) Jay's got four of them babies to come up with cars for. (laughs) Well, you can do just like me, you know, just pass it right down the line. Pass it on. Well, you know, the thing is now, it's like uh, some kids aren't excited about driving. Like back in the day, you know, like we couldn't count the days fast enough. 
until yeah. you know whatever age where you lived, you, you were old enough to get your license so you can get out and drive and I, I you know, know. not have to bug your older brothers or sisters or friends to get out and about anymore. You could finally do it on your own, but now nah, it's not. They don't know, want to like, drive. Everybody's got phones now, so they don't need that. They don't have it's the bother. The Uber of generation. To drive you around. Well, I'll give you an example. I had a student on my bowling team uh, in Clinton. He is now 19 years old. He would not even go get his driver's license mm. because he did not want to drive. Yeah, at it's all. Just, there's there's a lot of young people. It's just not in. They're not interested in it. It's not, it didn't, doesn't bother them. Yeah. No. Hey, when we were growing up, we wanted to go. Get it out. Was a necessity. Hey, you, we, I'm talking about. I was itching. That's right. right we wanted yeah. to go. Yeah, I was itching. Now they just like, can somebody call me an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back then it was when you got your license. The older folks were like, "Thank you." Thank now you. Go. go. Now it's like, don't you want to go get your license? And they're like, nah, I'm cool. Right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking. Refresh. I was thinking something about the other day, Jay. They're saying that you know, with the younger generation, that we older generation, we went outside, we played. Our parents told you to go outside. Do not come home until the streetlights came <laughs> on. And if you wanted a drink of water, you drank out of the hose. hose. Today, Nasty plastic hose. Yeah, plastic hose. You could taste it. It Hot had a good water. taste. Hot plastic I water. I remember the That's taste right. of that Hot hose. That hose didn't. But taste now bad. today, it's totally different. <laughs> they don't want to go outside and play. They want to stay on that social media, and it's bad sometimes. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here with that, and hopefully they'll get back to getting outside That's and playing. It. That's it. That'll wrap us up for today's autocorrect. It was a good one today. Our crew engineer is Jay White, call screener Abram Nanny for Coach Charlie Melton, master technician. I'm Jermaine Flood, episode and podcast producer. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPB Online. Or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.